going to cover the end of Moon Knight as well as Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We're both worth your time. Stay tuned to find out. <laughs> but in the meantime, we have Jen. Hello. We have a little worse for wear, Kevin. <coughs> yep, that's me. Hi. <coughs> Excuse me. And we have Ryan. Hello. Ryan? Yes. What's in the news this week? Um stuff. Let's go. Where does we start? Um I couldn't remember if we mentioned this depending on when it happened when the last recording or not. Did we did we mention the passing of George Perez last time? I don't think, I don't think so. so. Okay. No. There was somebody so comic book artist uh, George Perez passed away uh since our last episode. Uh, another loss to the comic book industry. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was something we all knew was coming, but at the same time, uh doesn't make it any better. Um, by uh, reports, it sounds like he passed away peacefully at home, which is nice, I, I guess. They're going to go. I guess there's worse ways of doing it. Um. Yeah, and, and as we stated uh, when his diagnosis came out, it's like it is really hard to overestimate the importance this guy had on comics, like just in general. Yeah. So. Yeah. I um I took the initiative to go back and look at some of his earliest stuff. Um, after he passed, I wanted um because I subscribed to Marvel Unlimited. And the um his very first work for Marvel was um was in uh, a Deadly Hands of Kung Fu issue actually in '74, and then from there he was right oh, wow. on to to the big to the big guns Avengers. Yeah. Um. So he 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 drew Avengers for quite a while in the in in the mid '70s, and then mm-hmm. jumped ship to DC and uh, Justice League is where he sort of started over at DC, and then of course. I mean, with uh, with Marvel Wolfman, he created the t- new Teen Titans, and that's where I think comic book history was made. Yeah, like his like it. It's very rare for an artist to have like really milestone runs on different books, but like he had two like really solid runs on a, one book on Avengers. Like years, like yeah, even decades oh, yeah. apart. I think, right? Yeah, because his first issue of Avengers was like Avengers 144 uh, in the mid 70s, and then he came back to it um, in the 90s, didn't he? With um, was it Kurt Busiek was writing it at the time? 
Yep. Um, and then, of course, you can't underestimate the power of the crisis. I mean, we're still dealing with the ramifications of crisis on infinite Earth. And there's another crisis on its way this summer. Exactly. So. And nope. and and that's where you get the sort of George Perez can draw everybody in a single panel uh, <laughs> trope, right? I mean, that's what he really excelled in is putting as many characters as possible into an issue, or even a page, or even like I say, one panel, and uh, and and you knew who they were. Um, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. He he was one of my comic book I- idols. Really, I would I would read pretty much anything that he drew. All right. So from that sad story to the next one, Ryan. Um. Okay. Uh. We'll just keep going here. Uh. The CW's been real busy this week. <laughs> They're canceling like almost everything. Uh. Naomi has been canceled after one season. Uh. Along with uh, Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, on the renewal side or the taken to order to series, they have picked up uh Walker Independence which is going to be a prequel story to the current Walker Texas Rangers series they have Mm -hmm. and the Winchesters, which is a prequel to their long hit supernatural. Oh, cool. Has Um, there been any word about star girl? Isn't that also a CW show? That's also a CW show. There has not been any talk about star girl. I think it's new next season is supposed to be coming out. Usually it's a summer show. Mm, that's true. So its third season is probably coming our way sometime soon, but no, that's uh, yeah, there hasn't been any talk about it. So I'm assuming that, that it has a season coming now that you bring it up, but you never know. Uh, so one thing I read that kind of goes along with the cancellations of Batwoman and Legends of Tomorrow, I guess it sounds like they may have either shared a soundstage or been you know in the same area their sound stages. Um, the, but the lease for the, the sound stages for those shows was up this year. Oh. And they didn't renew it as part of, well, seems like maybe uh, the precursor to cost savings with them still trying to sell that channel, right? With uh, Warner Brothers, sorry, trying to sell uh, the CW. So it could have been, a, well, we're not going to bother renewing this and we'll cancel these shows and we'll save money. Hmm. And except for the fact that they just greenlit this new Batman uh, spin-off show. No, there you go. So you, you know, you're reading my mind. That's where we go next. So sorry, goth- I mean, it's okay. But but aside from that, it seems like like I I was sort of under the impression that maybe they were shutting down the CW stuff so that HBO Max could be the home for all the DC comic stuff. And you know what? I wouldn't. Be, I think that's where we're going eventually. But if, when you, if you look at it, they've got. The Flash, which I think we're getting one more season of, and then they're wrapping it up. Um, this Gotham Knights, which I don't believe is going to be connected at all to the rest of the CW DC verse from the sounds of the way its story is. And then Superman and Lois, other than the odd name drop and uh, John Diggle showing up, mm. they haven't had anybody else from the other shows show up yet. They haven't even mentioned uh, Kara. And the fact that Superman has a cousin. Hmm. Now I've heard, I think I've read that that's supposed to be, you know, either by the finale this season or next season, they're supposed to bring that up. But, you know, the way they're going right now, they could easily say it's a different earth in the multiverse. Yeah, that's true. 
But uh, so this Gotham Knights show is supposed to the story behind this is apparently uh, so Batman's been killed, leaving his adopted son, who's a new character called Turner Hayes, to work alongside the children of various Gotham villains to clear all their names as suspects. Hmm. And there's I guess some of the reports there's um, going to be Joker's daughter showing up. Um, uh, I think spoiler was supposed to be in it. Uh, the guy who played Castiel in Supernatural, who played the angel, mm-hmm. he is playing Harvey Dent in this series. Oh, and Misha has come Collins. Out... Yes, Misha Collins. Thank you. Uh, he has reported that he is not going to be turning into Two Face this season, but it's pretty much said by next, but by season two he will be. So, once again, making up its own Batman lore, right? Mm. So. I, I'm not one of those people who says you have to stick to uh, comic book continuity, as the, the reviews of our show and movie later on are probably going to attest to. But this sounds like one of those things of like, why are we bothering calling it like a Batman show at this point? Like, why not just create something new out of this idea on a whole? Mm. If Batman is dead, but Two Face never got created, like there's a bunch of stuff that just doesn't make any sense to me yeah. in this. It's like, well, it's why, why are use, we calling this? Because they can use existing villains and other characters. They don't have to make right. new people up. Right. I mean, they don't have the word Batman in the title, right? It's it's just like Gotham, right? Well, it's so called really, Gotham Knights. Yeah, it's Gotham Knights. So. You know that implies the Batman mythos, yeah. but uh, doesn't doesn't imply the use of Batman, just like Ex- Gotham. Yeah, but except the sounds like the main plot point is looking for Batman's killer. Mm. I don't know why they didn't use an existing Robin Robin instead of making a brand new character. Exactly. They seem to just I don't know. It seems like nobody wants to give Robin any love. Doesn't matter which Robin it is. <laughs> Well, Titans. Titans has um, has not Dick anymore. Grayson. Well, now, now, well, he's Nightwing. He's now. a Nightwing now. And then Jason is, is Red Hood. They just started to introduce a version, a new version of uh, of um, of Tim. So yeah. we'll see how that how long he li- he lives. Interesting. If that show continues, I think they're filming the new season right now. So. I think so. Yeah. But uh, so it's you know that'll be interesting. We'll see how how it does if it lasts. Um. So I know you guys have all seen this, the new trailer, our first teaser for Avatar: The Way of the Water. Yes. Because it's yep. playing in front of Doctor Strange. So it thoughts. To me, like it didn't look to me like so much of a trailer as oh look how pretty this world is. See, look, we can make pretty things, and we can make them in 3D. Remember the pretty things? Yeah, well, that's what a teaser, right? <laughs> it's just supposed to, hey, remember this? There's no plot. There's, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the original Avatar, so I really don't care that much about this Avatar. Oh. I think, for me, with Avatar, it's, it's as much about existing in the environment as it is about the plot. Um, having been to the Avatar land at Disney World... 
you know, you go there not because you're in love with the plot of the movie Avatar, but because the environment is so interesting and lush. And uh, um, I think James Cameron is on a kick about, you know, creating an entire ecosystem, which is what what he's done here. So um, while I'm not in a huge rush to, to go and see a new Avatar movie, you know, come Christmas time, if I'm if I'm not busy, I'll probably go and see it in 3D just to be immersed in that in that uh, in that environment again. Now you brought up the, the point of it being in 3D. I believe. No, I've heard this on the ra- on the radio, and I think I'm reading it too. Is he filmed this using those new cameras where it will be it'll it'll be it'll play in 3D without needing to wear glasses? Oh, that's going to give some people some headaches, I think. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what uh, if it's if it's truly that way or not. But uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. James Cameron usually is on the cutting edge of these things, usually pushing that envelope forward. So when did the first movie come out? Like two thousand six. Yeah. If I were them, I would re-release the first one. Oh, I think like a limited. On... Are they going to do a limited run in theaters? I wouldn't be because surprised. They've done that, that very, off and on. Yeah, that was a very long time ago, and I'm like, I don't remember really the plot of the first movie it's on disney plus yeah but i didn't all i remember is they had unobtainium and that drove me nuts because if it's unobtainable why are you trying to obtain it but in the end they're not able to yeah so yeah that's my point <laughs> so it's unobtainable. um yeah, no, I look forward to it. I just, I, I enjoy the world that they've set up. I know everybody's like, oh, it's Fern Gully, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Every story is every story. You yeah, know, Fern Gully was better. Enough. <laughs> I don't know about that, but. Fern Gully had Robin Williams as a deranged bat. You can't get much better than that. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, I think, I, yeah, I watched Fern Gully once as a child. I haven't sat down and watched it again. Yeah, you probably wouldn't like it. <laughs> yeah. Avatar, I watched earlier this week again. So yeah, it's almost the same plot as Pocahontas as well. Yeah, which is almost yeah, the same and, plot and as and half a dozen other things. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. because there, there, when the first one came out, there was at least like six or seven lawsuits saying like, "Oh, this ripped me off," and because. Uh, as much as I love him as a filmmaker, uh, Jim Cameron does have a little bit of a habit of doing that sort of thing. See mm. um, Terminator and the Outer Limits for oh, your yeah. Google machine for more details. But the I think what it came down to is they all got thrown out because it's like, well, if he ripped you off, he also ripped off all these other guys. And you ripped off all these other guys. So, <laughs> like, there was no, like definitive starting point where they could they could say yeah. like okay yeah he ripped that like the, the it had been muddied too much by that point i did a, i remember doing a course in university um where one of the points that my professor made was that there are really only like six plots yeah for every story so and then it's just what you do with those six plots so, I mean, technically, everything's a ripoff of everything. True. <laughs> uh, do, 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 do. Okay, let's see. Oh, here we go. Uh, Loki Season 2 has officially, uh, has given us an official date for when filming will begin. Mm. 
they will start filming uh, this June, June 6th at Pinewood Studios in London. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. So that means, what, a 2024 release for the show, probably? Uh, in June, I think the last time it said that it took them six months to film. Yeah, so probably maybe at the earliest end of 2023, mm. like December. Depends on how much, you know, post-production needs to go into it, right? Right. Um, and then, oh, to go along with that, uh, there's an apparent release date for She-Hulk. I was just going to ask if you had seen that. Yes. Uh, apparently, She-Hulk will be hitting Disney Plus August 17th. Did you see that She-Hulk is, was, uh, in, in this little blurb, is, is listed as a comedy? No, I didn't oh. see that. Hmm. So it, it, it could be the first MCU sitcom. Hmm. Cool. Hmm. Interesting. I'm excited right. for She-Hulk. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I, any any of these new Disney Plus Marvel stuff, I'm always I always look forward to it. <laughs> I don't know really anything about She-Hulk other than she was oh, Girl's lawyer. So. Uh, have you not read any She-Hulk comics, Jen? Nope. Oh, you need to you need to read some of the Dan Slot run of She-Hulk. I think you'd really like it. It's fun, it's light, and it's it's I think if you like Squirrel Girl, you'd like She-Hulk. Oh, okay. Now if only I knew somebody who worked in a comic book shop. Hmm. <laughs> I should see if that omnibus is still available. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anything else, Ryan? Uh, yep, a couple more things here. So since we're on comic book news, uh, so apparently we have an up, upcoming uh, Spider event. There, there's going to be another Edge of the Spider-Verse series. And in this, we will be getting Felicia Hardy, longtime Spider-Man friend slash foe, who is you know, known as the Black Cat, will be taking on a new role, and she'll be called Night Spider. And there's images of her in her new costume online. So I thought that was interesting. You know, you never know with these spider books. So the black cat is going to become a spider? Night spider. Yep. Uh, now, I don't know if this... Now, I didn't... In reading it, it didn't say if it was your our traditional, you know, 616 Felicia Hardy or if this, this is a Spider-Verse character, like someone else out there. Like, a, you know, instead of becoming black cat, what if she became a spider? Oh, that's true. You know, how we got Spider-Gwen type thing, so... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'll have to wait and see. I will report when I get this comic later this summer. Interesting. Um, uh, so we have the toy news teaser. I thought this was interesting because we've talked about it before, Brent. Uh, so McFarland Toys uh, puts out a lot of action figures, you know, Spawn, a lot of DC stuff. And Warner Brothers has pretty much put out an edict that none of their toys are to come with... Uh, uh, weapons like guns even though yep. especially you know when in a case where a character is known for using guns um they still won't come with it they'll, they'll come with fingers that are hands and stuff molded in a way to hold a gun but they won't come with guns anymore now uh mcfarland toys has come out and put, decided to put out a weapons pack that will work with any mcfarland action figures and they 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 emphasize the any figures, not just spawn, any figures. 
Um, and it's going to be an exclusive weapons pack uh, to the McFarlane, like the McFarlane uh, toy store online. Huh. That's one appointment there. And you can get like like 15 plus weapons. And when you start looking through it, there's weapons that are clearly meant for some of the DC characters that have come out recently. Like uh, the the, hand, the handgun for um, Peacemaker. Uh, the some guns for like Jason Todd, other and other characters like that that have been released without weapons. So I thought that was interesting. I, I find it interesting that Warner's put down a decree that you couldn't release a Peacemaker figure without a gun. Yeah, yeah, you had to. that. That makes no sense to me at all. Yep. Yeah. Well, there's a bunch of that stuff floating around. Like right now, um, they just uh, showed off. So Super Seven is making a line of Simpsons figures. Mm-hmm. And they made they're making a crusty. And the first images that we saw of Krusty had like um various smoking implements to it. Okay. So like you, like there's one where there's a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Um and uh, there's a hand where he's got a coffee with a cigarette from and... the, the latest set of images and replaced by different parts. Huh. Yeah. yeah. They so were even one offering... of the things, one of the weird like stretches on it is he, uh, Karesti was coming with a smoking jacket. Yeah. And they've removed the smoking jacket, but it really, it looks, it just looks like a bathrobe. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. But I, I mean, I guess, I guess I get why they're doing it, but whatever. But like... Yeah. But, the, the but you would the, you would think that like these things have to go through approvals. You would think they would have caught it before they started showing shit off. Well, think? I think that image, the first ones we saw, was like that pending approval type stage, and maybe why it's gotten changed. Because it's not, uh, it's still digital renderings, right? This wasn't the actual plastic. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. And the thing, if it's all we don't want to promote smoking with children and stuff, okay, great. Those Super Seven figures are like seventy bucks. Children aren't playing with those. Those right. are for adult collectors. Yeah. And then yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of I I agree with them about not releasing guns and smoking and drugs and that kind of stuff for children. But if you're creating these specifically for adult collectors like i don't think you need to have that kind of uh, censorship on it yeah um adults gonna do what adults gonna do (laughs) exactly they they already know about (laughs) drugs and smoking and and weapons so yeah especially if they live in you're not introducing them to any of those especially if they've seen any of the properties of the toys that they're buying yeah, exactly. <laughs> if they've read a comic or watched a TV show or watched a movie or watched a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of cartoons, uh, there is a Married with Children cartoon shopping around with the original cast attached. I heard about this. And it's going to be one of the showrunners uh, from Family Guy who's um, showrunning it. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think that that show could do well. If it's done right, if it's done like the original show, uh, in today's atmosphere with adult cartoons, I think it could it could do well. I mean, it really is sort of a precursor to Family Guy. 
Yeah. And and there are so many like family like animated family cartoons these days. You know, The Simpsons has been running forever. Bob's Burgers and 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 then all the Family Guy and all of its spinoffs. It, it does fit right into that genre. And just you know, with, and with the original cast included, oh, yeah. that gives it an extra boost, right? So, so it's uh, from what I've seen, it's being shopped around. So I'll have to wait and see if somebody picks it up. This isn't the first time that property has had a little bit of movement on it. I, I remember a couple of years ago, it looked like we were going to get like sort of a continuation series with Bud. But yes. that seemed to have fallen, fell apart at some point, I guess. Yeah, as, so as it never happened. But. It was it was mentioned in the article I was reading yeah, that we were supposed to, you know, there was talk of a, a reunion show, a revival, uh, but it just didn't end up working in anybody's schedules. There was all kinds of yeah. scheduling conflicts, and you had to think um, uh, Ed O'Neill would have been working on uh, Modern Family. Yeah, thank you. Right in the middle of Modern Family at the time, so. <laughs> And Katie would, probably would have been still in Sons of Anarchy. So, but yeah, we'll see if it's an animated right? it's voices. So it's a lot easier, you know, possibly easier to fit into your schedule. True. Uh, and my last little bit of news was some casting for Dune Part 2. They have cast the role of the Emperor. And it is the one, the only Christopher Walken. That's exciting. I really Ooh. wish I could do a Christopher Walken impression. So do I. I got so many joke lines I can do, but like I can't even do a bad one, so I'm not going to yeah. attempt no, it. No, exactly. As soon as I heard that, and I read the, the headlines that he was cast in the movie, and I was talking with uh, with my coworker and at, at the day job, and I was like, oh, I hope he's, you know, I don't know who he's going to be. It'd be, like, it'd, be, it'd be great if he was the emperor, but I could have sworn we'd already seen the emperor in part one. And then I actually read one of the articles and it said, right in the first line that he was cast as the emperor. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. Hmm. This is going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Um, I got one little piece of news that seems to be floating out of, uh, the Lake Como comic art festival which is currently, well, it might be over now, but it was this weekend of the recording in Italy. Oh, wow. uh, Side note, I've seen pictures of this comic convention. I want to go to this comic convention. Oh, Lake Como is beautiful. Not only is it in Italy, but, like, where this convention is, is in, like, it kind of looks like it's a convention center in, like, this beautiful, like, forest area. There's a, like, I guess if the weather's good, a lot of the creators are, like, outside, like, doing these signings and stuff. It just looks like a beautiful show to go to. Yeah, because it's, like, in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> isn't it, type thing? Like, it's... Kind of. There's a castle near it. Yeah. Like, I guess the castle owns the lands and they have, like, this convention center there. Okay. But it's a combination of, like, uh, American and European Italy. artists are at it. Like, uh, Art Adams and uh, jo- Joyce Chin are there. And... I think I remember hearing uh, the Comic Geek Speak guys talk about it before and had a guest that had been on it and we were talking about it back in the day. Yeah. That all the time. Ways. One of the seems to have come out is it looks like 
Marvel's license of Conan might not lo- no longer be the case. Um, it, there's some word coming out that Marvel will not be having the the mm-hmm. license, and that the company that owns Conan, the Conan license proper, might just be doing the Conan books themselves. Huh. Which is interesting, since Marvel just got it back a couple of years ago. Like, and it, it hasn't been in there long. But Didn't... apparently, the other part of the deal is that this won't actually affect Marvel in terms of reprinting stuff. So, like, they will be able to continue to, like, keep their backstock collections and omnibuses and stuff like that in print if they so choose without any issues. And Conan might be, like, he could still be used as a character in that Savage Avengers <coughs> comic that's coming out. Oh. Yeah. That's it, it's a, it seems weird. Part of it may honestly be that Conan in the good chunk of the, the world is public domain at this point. It's only really in North America where it he is still under license. So, it, like, for instance, if you go into Big B Comics, the unofficial official sponsor of this podcast, <laughs> due to the fact that half of the show works there, um, there, if you go into the fantasy section, there is a bunch of hardcover reprints called The Sumerian, which is where, you know, he's Conan's from. And what these are is they're North American translated reprints of European Conan comics that don't need the license. And like they're, they're straight up adaptions of some of the short stories and stuff like that. But in North America, they're reprinting them. They're just taking out the fact that his name is Conan. (laughs) Because as long as they do that, they can reprint it here, but they're they're straight up Conan books. But they changed the name to Maybe that's part of the issue. Carl. Carl (laughs) the Barbarian. (laughs) But, uh, all right. Uh, anybody else got any news? Not here today. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. Okay, let's do a uh, a quick wrap up of Moon Knight ended while uh, we were on our uh, in between episodes. Uh, let's start with uh, Jen. How did you feel the series went on a whole? Now that we've got an and a sixth and final <clears throat> episode. I'm trying to remember how it ended. Uh, it's been a week. Um, <laughs> how did it end? I liked it. There was a hippo. Oh, yeah, the hippo some, was cool. Some giant people fighting. Yeah, that was cool, too. Uh, oh, I love that um, Stephen and uh, Mark finally came to terms with each other. And instead of having the two hearts, it became one heart, and that's what balanced the scales. And then they were able to basically like share the body and switch back and forth mm. like mid battle. And, you know, they, they both acknowledge each other's strengths and weaknesses and they're, they're able to basically be a, a, a full person. So I really love that they found that balance. It's kind of like sharing a body with your best friend, which I guess would be cool, good and bad, but I really mm-hmm. love that they found that balance. Um, oh, now I'm remembering it. I, I love what's her fate. Layla. Um, mm. I love her costume. So <laughs> when she said she would be the avatar of uh, Tiawit, however you pronounce that, yeah. I was like, 
come on, hippo costume. Come on, hippo costume. <laughs> and then she didn't have a hippo costume. And I'm like, ah, oh, she's just wearing like a gold bikini costume. This kind of sucks. And then the wings came out. And I'm like, never mind. I love it. <laughs> so I was really, I was really happy with her. I hope she sticks around. Um, and that we get to see more of her kicking ass as a superhero. Not that she didn't kick ass as a not superhero, but I really like uh, what she was able to do. And I love that she just kind of takes everything in stride. Um, yeah. I really like uh, the the God battle was really cool. And I liked that who was winning the battle between Amit and uh, Khonshu reflected who was winning the battle between their avatars at the bottom. So when uh, Moon Knight was knocked down, Khonshu got knocked down type of a thing. Like you could really see how their strengths were tied together. I don't know if anybody else picked that up. It was just beautifully done. It was so yeah. cool to watch. Um, I guess we'll talk about the cutscene after everybody's gives their opinion of the, or do you want to talk about the, the end scene after credit scene now? <laughs> Basically no, we can talk about it now. Basically, Kashu is a sneaky bastard. Yes. <laughs> Which kind of makes me like him more. But I, I the end, oh, that scene was really made me want more. It was, and and you know, the whole time you they were teasing the third personality, and you know, you could see him pop up every once in a while, possibly. And then when you finally get to see him at the end of that, uh, at the after credit scene. I'm like, I'm just now really interested in how they're going to do the next season. If the next scene is going to be similarly, it's Mark and Steven working together to try to control this third personality. Or if Mark and Steven are kind of suppressed and it's just this third person and what Conchu's relationship is going to be between all three of them. Because, you know, they're sharing a body, which makes it very awkward. Yeah. So I'm really intrigued to see and who the bad guy is going to be in the next one because they killed Ethan Hawke. Um, it was just it was really well done. I really, really enjoyed this this show. Alrighty, okay. Kevin. Um, I think uh, it's gorgeous. It's a beautiful looking show. Um, Oscar Isaac um, deserves all the awards that can be heaped upon him. I thought. he. Oh, is- yes brilliant in this show he's playing multiple characters in multiple crazy costumes um he's taken an insane premise and made it palatable and watchable um i found it interesting this is really the first the first mcu property maybe since the beginning that hasn't hasn't definitively connected to the rest of the mcu maybe since the um since the netflix stuff you know uh which on the one hand is great, but on the other hand, I'm like, well, how does this, what, what is the point of this? Why does, what is this connect? So I, I felt myself a little lacking at the end because I didn't know, I didn't know uh, how it connected or, or if it connected. And, and I feel bad for feeling that way because it's a good show and that shouldn't be my first, uh, my first thought when I'm watching a television show. Well, how does this fit into the larger picture of the universe? Uh, but uh, but I do have those emotions, and I, uh, I I I want to know I want to see more of these characters because I do want to see if this has ramifications to the broader MCU. Uh, 
And uh, but but on the whole, it was really great. And for a show called Moon Knight, we really didn't see the Moon Knight very much, right? This was a show about mental illness and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, um, one guy's struggle with with childhood trauma. Uh, it really was pretty deep. So yeah. Well, we we have since heard that there was supposed to be some uh, scenes with uh, members of the Eternals cast, but d- due to COVID logistics and all that sort of stuff, that didn't end up happening. I so I like I really like that it didn't have that tie into the larger MCU. I liked that it was kind of its own thing, and that you know they weren't relying or depending on anybody else to show up and kind of help out or save the day. I liked that it was its own little thing. Well, I think you could have brought the Eternals in or something if they, you know, and had them not be there. Like you said, saving the day, just be maybe, um, even if they had one of his, what's his name's movie posters. Well, there was, they were mentioned, they did mention a couple of things in the larger MCU. Yes. Um, well, not too many, they didn't really mention the snap or anything like that. No. Yeah, um, I, I a part of me wonders if it was because they weren't sure what the series was going to be afterwards. Because yeah. we, as we mentioned, uh, Isaac, uh, Oscar Isaacs had, <sighs> did not sign on for more than this show. So... If that's the case, maybe they didn't want to completely and utterly connect it, because then they have to do some retooling and rebooting if he decided, nah, this experience wasn't good, I'm not coming back for anything more. That's true. Uh, I do believe... Yeah, they wanted to set it up as, like, its own thing, and then maybe have some connections to the bigger thing, like you said, if if things kind of picked up or kept going. I think there's in one of the one of the episodes earlier episodes there's a van with markings for the that global entity from uh, uh, from uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon like the the redistribution the people the 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 the, the global group that's re- putting people back where they belong or where they feel they they should be belonging um, oh. I think I remember reading that that somebody pointed out there was like a van with that company like in like one of the the background scenes or something like that just so to, you know and that's one of those things that they could easily edit in and post right once they start doing things and say oh this is actually pretty good uh we'll put it in, so it's post snap so we'll just here's a van that has this in it so then there you go <laughs> so oh. it still fits in somewhere and someplace but um even if you would i think for the post credit if we'd have gotten something similar to like what we did get in Eternals, where it was like maybe another, you know, Blade voice showing up or someone like that, just you know, as a teaser to a further connecting and a building of something. But like you said, he signed on for one thing. Who knows if he's coming back for anything else? I really hope he does. I hope we have another season. Well, at the very least, he like Kevin, like you guys both said, he acted the hell out of his role. Oh yeah. And, and if he doesn't get some kind of Best Actor Award for this, then something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, you you watching him be two people at the same time, you almost forget that he's the same person acting as two people. Like, it, he's yeah. 
he did such a good job. It was like you almost had to like consciously step back and think, "Whoa, this is one guy doing two people," which is you know obviously the sign of a really good actor doing a really good job. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, Ryan? Uh, I enjoyed it. It's uh, it's not my favorite Disney Plus show, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I will probably sit down and rewatch it, um, which I haven't done with many of them. But uh, it was it was a good show. Like the the last two episodes really brought it home. Like the 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 flashback where we get to see the creation of the different personalities and his home life and everything that he went through was very interesting. And then the mm-hmm. the going back and forth between the the different realities in the hospital. Yeah. And then meeting the uh, the hippo goddess. Uh, when when she yeah. when when she agreed to be her avatar and she said then she told oh I've got such a pretty costume oh, a pretty costume don't worry they, it's so much cooler <laughs> than his I know I was like come on hippo costume <laughs> yeah um when she starts kicking ass and then you see the little girl like are you an Egyptian superhero and she's like yes yes I am it was so good. <laughs> Makes me just, just hope that maybe one, uh, maybe if he, if Moon Knight doesn't show up, maybe she'll show up again someplace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I would be surprised if we don't see her somewhere along the line. Yeah. I'm kind of surprised that there is not uh, an announcement of a comic book of hers on its way. Yeah, but, I was gonna say I'm assuming that she's a character in the comic and she wasn't just created for the show. Like, uh, the, what what's her name? The the Scarab. Yeah. Um, her in the comics there is a Scarlet Scarlet Scarab, um, and he was uh, created in the 70s or 80s in the Invaders comic, which was a comic that was set in the 40s. And the Scarlet Scarab was, uh, according to what I've read, her grandfather, and he fought alongside Captain America in World War II as an Egyptian superhero. Oh, cool. Hmm. Neat. Either way, little surprise that we don't. She doesn't have her own comic suddenly, but yeah. Also, she's got no Scarlet in her whole costume. <laughs> her wings were red, weren't they? No, I think they were all golden. I, think, I don't know. It looked all yeah. gold to me. Golden Scarab would have been better, but meh. Scarlet Scarab alliteration. People exactly. like alliteration. It's pleasant to the ear. There you go. It's Marvel. <laughs> you have to have alliteration in there somewhere. Yep. What'd you right. think, uh, Brent? Um, I think episode five was the best episode out of the lot, and Agreed. it's it was weird because we went from such a like that place, then when we went to episode six, we're into like back into regular superhero territory with kaiju battles in the background. <laughs> um, I kind of want to do a rewatch of the whole thing again, but uh, it really. On a whole, uh, I think the series worked. The the end, the post credit sequence was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, let's. I'm interested to see where it goes from here. Is this? Do we see another Moon Knight series? Is this going to be uh, him going into the movie section now? Like, it, what's going on? Like. And there's been no news since it ended. That's like a little bit of the weird part is 
well, maybe not. Is We tend to get two things. Either right as the series ends, we get the announcement of season two, they've been signed, blah, 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 blah. Um, or we get kind of like radio silence of like, but with like a tease of like, well, they'll come back at some point. And nobody's saying anything really right now by the looks of things. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm curious to see where it goes. And you know where else I'm curious to see where it goes? Uh, the MCU after Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness movie. Segway. Yep. Uh, so uh, we have all seen the film. Uh, warning again, spoilers will abound. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. Uh, this is one of those movies I feel it's really hard to talk about without talking about spoilers. Yeah. I so, would agree. So- so, Karina, if, if you're listening and you haven't seen Doctor Strange yet, pause now. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's start with Ryan. What did you think of the film? Uh, it was not the movie I was expecting. Not that I really had many expectations for the plot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, it was, I, it, was, well, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, there's a lot. Very Sam Raimi. And, uh, but no, I guess, uh, I guess part of me expected more time out in the different multiverses since it was called multiverse of madness. Uh, I enjoyed the parts we did see of the multiverse. Uh, and I did not expect Wanda to be the villain. You know, call me naive, but I thought she was going to be helping Dr. Strange in this movie, not yeah. Versus Doctor Strange in this movie. They had really, they really used the previews and trailers to make us think that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, some of the stuff when they when they became paint, he's like, um, <laughs> "Were we just paint?" And she's like, "Yes. Don't stay there very long." <laughs> you can't. It's very hard to eat. <laughs> um, when she t- explains to him that finding food is the most important thing when you travel to a new universe, and then has these free pop pizza balls because food's free in most universes. Uh, then they turn out not to be free and Papa Pizza wants to, to be paid. <laughs> and we get to see good old, we finally see uh, where Bruce Campbell pops up. Now, did anybody see the car from the other, all of uh, J- uh, Sam Raimi's movies? No, no, I didn't. And I was kind of curious if anybody else had noticed it. Yeah. It's in there somewhere. I don't yeah. know. I don't know the car of which you speak. Um, so uh, do you remember Evil Dead or Army of Darkness at all? Vaguely. Yeah. I've watched both those films, but it's okay. been a while. So the car that is featured in those movies is Sam Raimi's car, or at least it's a version of it that he has owned at some point. The two of Sam Raimi's, like, cameo trademarks in all of his movies are that uh, are Bruce Campbell, as we saw, mm-hmm. and the that car. I knew. The car um, in the first Spider-Man movie, that's the car that Uncle Ben's driving when he gets, like, pulled out and shot. Uh... Yeah, and it shows up in all of his other movies. The only one that is to be questioned is uh, The Quick and the Dead, the Western that he made with uh, Russell Crowe and Sharon Stone. 
but Bruce Campbell claims that it's actually underneath one of the wagons. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. Anyways, continue, Ryan. Um, Yes. So... Um, yeah, when then when when Doctor Strange casts a spell on him to make him get beat up by his own hand, uh, that's also like a, a callback to the Evil Dead movies. And I thought, oh my god, that's that's just funny. It's a nice way of using Bruce in this. Uh, the appearance of new characters and actors, uh, I didn't that I didn't know about. I did, you know, yeah, I tried my best to avoid the, the trailers the last week going in, but there's a few times, you know, between the internet and TV and stuff where, yeah, I saw Peggy Carter was going to be in it as Captain Carter. And I did not, and when we knew about the floating, we knew Professor X was there, then we found out about him in a yellow hover chair. Uh, but I did not know about Mr. Fantastic, and I did not know about Black Bolt. And who yeah. the, was playing those, those roles. So I was very excited when that happened. Yeah. Then they all get killed off. <laughs> In fantastic ways. Oh, yeah, I have thoughts about that scene. Black what Bolt was the one that uh, that I was really... It after having laugh. watched Anson Mount in uh, in Star Trek the last few weeks, yeah. um, seeing him as Black Bolt again really kind of was um, amusing to me. It's kind of nice that he got his like little redemption. Yeah. Because uh that inhuman series is not good. It was made out of kind of spite <laughs> and not necessarily creativity. And I don't think and I don't think he particularly got crapped on for it. It was more the series itself. So it's it's kind of nice. It's like when Brendan Routh got to be Superman again. Yeah. It's the same kind of vibe. Not quite as big of a thing, but it's like, well, at least he gets this close this, this circle a little bit in something good. Agreed. Um, but yeah, no, all in all, I, I enjoyed the movie. Uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward, um, especially now that they started... The once, as soon, well, when they mentioned... Um, uh, incursions. I was like, oh, is that where we're going now? Okay, that's very interesting because mm-hmm. incursions were a big thing for a few years that all led to the uh, secret world uh, war slash battle world where Doom was God and took what was left of all the different universes and built them into one. And then out of, the rem- out of that, we got our current continuity or current world where the like, Ultimate Universe and 616 are all living together. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, with with the incursions continuing, what that brings and where it, it leads in the future. Mm-hmm. Because we know the, the incursions are happening still from the bonus scene that introduced another character that I was not expecting to see, but should have considering how prevalent she is in the Doctor Strange books right now. Um, so that was Clea. Uh, mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it? Clea. Charlize Theron. Yes. That's how you pronounce it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who in the comics is the sorceress supreme of the dark dimension. Yes. Is Dormammu's daughter. Niece. Hmm? Niece. Sorry. Niece. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so and... that implies that Dormammu has siblings? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and Should have married into the family. <laughs> exactly. Well, and in the comics, uh, the her and Strange were married for a while. Yes. Until he cast a spell to make her forget about their whole relationship, which then got reversed when he got killed. So it's she currently move. is in the comics, in the Strange, like the Doctor Strange main comic, it's her. And she is uh, the Sorcerer, Su- Sorcerer Supreme of Earth as well. Yeah. Hmm. And it's not uh, some of the rules that Doctor Strange has. Eh, you know, being from the dark dimension, she doesn't really care so much about that. She's like, oh, hurt bad guys? Oh, no, no problem. They're, they're bad. Who cares? So, yeah. No, I enjoyed the movie. I will actually be seeing it for a second time this evening. Oh, nice. Where I will be looking for Sam Raimi's car. <laughs> I found where it is. Oh, did you? Okay. Yes. Uh, thank you, Internet. To the Google. What does the Google say it is? Okay, so I'm not sure which part exactly but uh you know when we see the um the collided universe i guess the incursion or whatever it's called yep and in uh strange and um what's her face uh christine are walking through that like wrecked new york okay apparently one of the few things that's completely intact is that oldsmobile oh nice that so. actually makes sense where it would be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Uh Jen, what did how did you feel about the movie? Uh pretty similarly to Ryan. Um, I enjoyed it. Most of it. Um I was pretty upset that um Scarlet Witch ended up being the big bad. I love that they still painted her as a sympathetic villain though. Um, so she's definitely got reasons for doing what she's doing. And, you know, you can't really say the reasons are evil. <laughs> I mean, the way she's doing it, obviously, it's kind of like the Thanos situation where there's there's that gray. Thanos was a little bit more towards the dark, but I think. But I was a little upset that they made her the main bad guy, Um Mostly because they spent so much time redeeming her character after Age of Ultron. And they took her on this big arc from being controlled by Ultron to being an Avenger to being a good person. And then all of a sudden they're like, nah, we're going to make her bad again. But they kind of, and this is where it got, it gets, it's more complex, which I really appreciate that they did. Because they did that scene with uh, Professor X saying that it wasn't her, it was the Scarlet Witch that was doing all this stuff. So they almost made it like it's not Wanda but it is Wanda so I mean I appreciated the um the dynamism of the character if they were going to make her a bit bad they weren't just like snap she's evil they were like okay there's like reasons and there's this power and there's layers so I liked that um I really really liked America Chavez the actress was adorable and fantastic and I love her and uh, her character was just great. Um, I loved the, I mean, I, I just loved everything about her. I thought she was so cute and did such a good job. And um, I loved that she wasn't just the kind of like damsel in distress child, even though she kind of was because she has this power she doesn't understand or, and can't control. 
but at the same time she's like sassy and she's like oh yeah i know what i'm doing when i and you know as soon as they pop into another multiverse she's like takes control and she's like oh yeah you know don't walk don't assume green means go always look for food and dr strange is the one who is now relying on her and i really love that kind of dynamic between the Mm. two of them and i love their their kind of growing relationship how she had this deep mistrust for dr strange's because of past experience which fair enough and then this one she begins to trust and then to the point where you know at the end when he's going back to his sanctum and she like runs after him and you know she's trying to say please don't go or take me with you but she also knows that she has to stay where she is to learn her power and he has to go back to where he is so she's kind of like hey please don't go and I really loved that. That's how their relationship ended. Um, so overall, I really, I did enjoy the movie, but there were some parts of it that um, kind of took me out of it. So I like Sam Raimi. I enjoy him as a director. It got a little too Sam Raimi at the end for me. And that took me right out of it. It went right in. It suddenly became uh, Doctor Strange versus Evil Dead. And as soon as he like became he inhabited his zombie body and I'm like that was just it that ruined it for me I enjoyed the idea and I liked the concept and I liked how they did it for plot purposes but because it's Sam Raimi and because I know him primarily from zombie movies like Evil Dead and um because that's what he does a lot of like all of a lot of the the especially for that's when I started noticing a lot of the camera shots were very Evil Dead and you know it started to get a little bit too comedic when to me I found the rest of the movie didn't have that same kind of comedic tone it was something like they ramped up the Sam Raimi to 11 and I it took me out of it a bit so I'm not a big zombie fan I was just waiting for him to look at the camera wink and go groovy and I didn't like that very much um and that's not saying it's bad or anything it's just me personally I was like couldn't you didn't have to dial it up quite that much for the ending um the the the, speaking of the ending um i guess we're not getting a wandavision season two since no basically scarlet witch is now dead i assume since she used her power to basically bring down the whole thing on top of herself and if she's not dead she's certainly buried alive and has there was like that big flash of red at the end, which I assume is her power leaving or exploding or something. Or her leaving. Or her she's, leaving or exploding. She's still it's the true. most powerful magic user in the MCU. Yeah, that's true. I guess she could have blipped herself away, but like she seemed in that moment resolved to end herself. And I don't see how, unless the power took over her again, she would have escaped. Like she... It seemed to me that her character in that moment was atoning for her sins, not just the ones in the movie, but uh, the ones from WandaVision, too. And she's like, you know what? The power ends with me. And, like, I don't think she would have been at the last moment. Ah, never mind. I'm out. Unless, of course, the Scarlet Witch power took over, which I suppose it's comics. Anything's possible. So, I don't know. I really am looking forward to more America Chavez. I really want to see her in more things. Um, oh, I also really loved Wong in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was great. Oh, he was so good. And I also love how many barbs there were about how Doctor Strange is not the Sorcerer Supreme. <laughs> um, 
yeah. So yeah, it was good. I I recommend it. Um, I'm not going to see it again tonight because I did like it, but not so much that I want to see it twice in theaters within three days. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I I would recommend it if you like Doctor Strange. If Doctor Strange is not your favorite, is not a favorite character of yours, or you really can't stand him, then don't go see this movie. <laughs> um. So I just have one more thing I, need, I thought of when you were talking there to add. Um, you got to give kudos to Marvel and Disney, too, for not bowing to the demands of some of these other countries for them to remove the mention of oh, America's yeah. mothers. mothers. Yeah. Because really, it's a big it's a motivating factor of her character. Mm-hmm. Her, you know, it's the biggest thing you know, the, that, you know, she's lost in this multiverse because she, and that she accidentally sent her mothers away into the multiverse and now you know, thinks that she'll never find them again because she doesn't know how to use her, her powers and so on. If we didn't have that in the movie, then you wouldn't really have any kind of motivation for why she's running around the multiverse. Yeah. How it happened. Yeah. Okay, so, so good I, on I, them. I love that that kind of thing is starting to become the norm in media just in general. Uh, I mean, coming from a, a 90s kid where, you know, Nowadays, it's so much. It's so nice to see that uh, same-sex relationships are being treated not as anything like special or like headlines or anything like that. It's just like a casual mention, like the same thing in uh, the Eternals, where it's just like, uh, what was his name? Anyway, he's like, oh yeah, me and my husband and my son, blah blah blah, and it's like, great, yay, good for you. I love that this is becoming normal. That's just, mm-hmm. and nobody's making like big deals out of this stuff anymore which is fantastic and the only nod to america chavez's sexuality in the film was the fact that she was wearing um a pin like um was it a trans pin or it was a gay rights pin or something i didn't even notice that she was wearing a pink flag pin yeah because she's she's a gay character too right oh i didn't know that yeah i only know america through squirrel girl (laughs) she was in uh marvel rising uh, a yes. little bit. So I have a doll of her from that. Um, but I don't, she's a very different character in, in that than she is in this movie. Very different, almost like opposite. Um, in the, in Marvel rising, she's very much the, the tank. She's the, the super strong, super powerful, super confident, uh, superhero of the group. Um, but still kind of like the, the one who plays by her own rules. And then this one, she had a little bit of the plays by her own rules, but she definitely wasn't that overconfident, overpowerful hero. Maybe she'll become that in the future. I don't know. But um, yeah, that's my only experience with America. Um, I just had one more thing about the um, uh, the Illuminati fight. <laughs> I swear I've written fan fiction like that before. Um, <laughs> where you have one character come in and just wipe out all the super powerful characters. <laughs> oh, man. I laughed when she made it. Black Bolt's mouth disappear, and then he went, and his head blew up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I hope that doesn't make me a bad person. But I, I really love that she was able to, and it's not even her, it was like her inhabiting another body was able to take out all of these cocky, super confident superheroes who were like, oh yeah, you know, there's like four of us, we'll be able to handle one little girl. And she's like, hey, no. Um, and I also really, really, really want John Krasinski as fa- Mr. Fantastic in a Fantastic Four movie. Agreed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Kevin, what did you think? 
Well, I uh, I will say that I did enjoy the film, but it's not going to be in my top ten um, MCU films. Um, I I was let down by the fact that Wanda was the villain. I I love yeah. Wanda. I've always loved Wanda even since I started reading Avengers comics in the in the eighties. And I know she's gone through these periods, and she started as a villain too, even in the comics. But you know, I thought we had redeemed her. Uh, after WandaVision. And um, I had read that, that Sam Raimi never even watched WandaVision or, or the writer of the writer of of Doctor Strange 2 hadn't even seen or, or con- conferred with the writers of WandaVision. So I don't know what's true there or not, but I was a little let down that Wanda was the villain. But having said that, uh, she is a villain who can hold her own. Like she's almost Thanos level there. And uh, I do. I did like that. Um I liked the small touches. I liked that we heard the X-Men animated theme song when Professor Xavier showed up in his floating gold wheelchair. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I like that. Um, I liked that. I liked that the trailers led us to believe something that wasn't true. One, that, that Wanda was going to be an ally and not a, a, a villain. But also things like, like, didn't we all think that... Um, that the zombie, the zombie verse from the episode of What If was going to show up when we saw yeah. zombie, zombie Doctor Strange. No, it was something else totally, right? Yep. So I like that they play with our expectations. Yeah. Um. I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I think he's a good actor. I, I like that Doctor Strange always sort of comes off, um, cocky and um, overly self-assured. Um, and sometimes that gets him into trouble and, uh, he need, he really needed America in this or else mm-hmm. he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have survived. Um, so I like that. I, 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 I was a little bit, uh, they had set up things in the first Dr. Strange with Baron Mordo that just got dropped. Like there was no, there's no, no moving forward on the Mordo storyline here. Um, I, I hope that they're saving that for Doctor Strange 3, but it seems unlikely. And I think that happens quite often in MCU films. They set up things that they think might play off down the line, and then the whole the whole story arc for the whole universe changes, and we don't get back to that. So I have a feeling we're not going to see uh, Baron Mordo again. Um, that, so Yeah, him in this movie was probably them, quote-unquote, wrapping that loose end up, right? Yeah. Because they were like, yeah, but it's oh, yeah. not the same Mordo. It's not no, the same exactly. Mordo from a different yeah. universe. Exactly. Yeah. But I think I would I wouldn't be surprised if they considered that issue now resolved because they, you know, more or less wrapped it up. Yeah. I'm not sure, but yeah. on the whole, I would say this is you know a three out of five star film for me. It was fine. It was flashy. It wasn't as nausea inducing as the first Doctor Strange, although I did not see it in 3D, so that might have been different. Oh, we um, did. It was cool in 3D. <laughs> <coughs> um. So, yeah. No, on the whole, I liked it, but you know, am I gonna rush right out and see it again? No. No, and I'm fine with that. Uh, I am looking forward to the ramifications of this, the ramifications of of, of the Secret War, and um, um, and you know maybe how Loki is going to tie into this, and how uh, that's what I I love about MCU films now is how connected they are and how things in one film affect another. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really have much more to say. It was fine. <laughs> well, they're um, saying I like good. No, go ahead. Well, I was just reading today there's a lot of uh, talk of different creators involved that it's because of the events in Loki that Spider-Man and this movie were able to happen. Yes. That because of the the death of the one that remained and the messing up of all the multiverse and stuff allowed the multiverse to either become messy or to, to happen in the first place. Mm. Go ahead, Brent. Sorry. No worries. So on a whole, I liked it. It's not my favorite Marvel movie, but uh, much like what Kevin was saying, it's more the ramifications of this movie that I'm interested in seeing. Um, so, uh, I think I told Ryan this yesterday, but I thought I had had the Illuminati spoil, er, spoiled for me and then thought it was bullshit because I, th- somebody had posted up a meme image of the Illuminati that had Krasinski's Mr. Fantastic in it and the, and the, um, Patrick Stewart, Professor X but it looked the photo itself looked like it had been taken in the theater so it was kind of grainy and off-centered and then they showed the black bolt like it showed the black bolt costume and it looked in that photo it looked really bad so i'm like oh okay this is bullshit followed up by that photoshop that was floating around of uh tom cruise's superior iron man at which point I'm like, oh, this is all garbage. Ooh. And then when the movie, like, when it got to that part in the movie, I'm like, oh, okay. So some of it was garbage and some of it wasn't. Yeah. I'm curious to mean, like, is this, like, is Krasinski now, like, Mr. Fantastic? Like, it, like we haven't heard anything. Obviously, they're trying to keep that spoiler quiet for a little bit. But eventually, like, he's got to say if he's signed on or not, you would think. But nobody has said anything. All we know is that he is Universe 838's Mr. Fantastic. Exactly. So yeah, but it, are these guys going forward? The, only, the one I would say no to almost definitely is I think this is a one and done for Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just because he's older, it's, you know... He he's and this is now his second goodbye to the character, um, and the, and arguably the first goodbye he did was really solid. Oh, for sure. So yeah, so it's I I don't see that happening, but I like if they wanted to, everybody else in that council I could see popping up again. Um, other than that, uh, it like. It was okay. It was, it was definitely a Sam Raimi movie. There was no two ways about that. Yeah. Um, and I'm trying to think that uh, I, I, I did cheer when Bruce Campbell showed up because <laughs> I am a very big Bruce Campbell fan. And I, I, I did really like to see John Krasinski in that suit, even though I'm not the world's biggest Fantastic Four fan. I'm, I'm hoping that means he comes back because he's really good casting. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, um, I as I've mentioned on the show before, I'm a fan of a guy on YouTube called Movie Bob. Movie Bob posted up <clears throat> an hour-long video the other day of past Marvel predictions that he has made 
a lot like that he like some of which he nailed like two three years out and others Mm -hmm. he, he wasn't so good on but he brought an interesting theory that I wanted to th- kind of throw out to you guys and see what you thought. So, you know that secret invasion show that we don't know much about, but we know that it's on its way kind of thing? Uh-huh. Yep. Now, the one thing we have all thought was kind of interesting about it is in the comic book, it's all about a scroll invasion. However, in the MCU... The scrolls have been painted as like kind of like you know refugees, right? Like that, like they're not this warmongering race. They're not the bad guys. Movie Bob proposed that what if Secret Invasion isn't the scrolls infiltrating like the MCU and taking over superhero spots and stuff like that? But what if it's characters from these incursions, like? escaping their universe incursions oh so like suddenly like like he didn't propose this but like and this is a big swing so don't like i don't think this is going to happen but this is just a a like a thing is suddenly tony stark shows up and he's like oh no i didn't die but it's actually tony from one of these other universes like a, one that feel that one that's on its way out, and they want our universe for their own. Mm. Interesting. I like I like that idea. I don't know if they do it with somebody as big as Tony Stark, but I do like yeah. that idea. I, I that was the first dead MCU character <clears throat> I could think yeah. of where it would make an impact. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm sure there's others you could go to, and it would it the, and you could basically do the same story and not rewrite the the scroll part. Like not give them an offshoot or something like that. Like it, that that part would be intact from the Captain Marvel movie. So, but uh, I I just thought I'd throw that out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do we th- do we think that John Krasinski is going to be Mister Fantastic going forward, or was this a one and done? Oh, I, I hope so. I think it's fifty fifty. That was a very non-committal answer. No, I really <laughs> do. Be. Like it could not be. I, I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's not really any way to know, but I mean, he didn't really have, he didn't really get to do a lot as Mr. Fantastic in, in this movie. He got uh, dissolved pretty quickly, which was awesome to watch. Um, So I feel like maybe he, they could give him the opportunity to kind of exercise his powers a bit more, like, the actor at like exercise the character's powers a bit more. Um, I think that he actually not having read any fantastic four and only really knowing fantastic four from cartoons and previous movies. Um, I think that he really fits the bills personally, but I mean, like I said, I'm not what you would call a fantastic four expert, but he's like his, his, his appearance to me suits what fantastic Mr. Fantastic would look like. He does have the look. Yeah. Mm. And if that's the case, we would get Emily Blunt as Sue Storm. Yeah, that that's the awesome. other question. Uh, if they do do uh, another Mr. Fa- or another Fantastic Four movie with with um, 
anybody as Sue Storm. It doesn't necessarily have to be Emily Blunt, although she'd be fantastic. I hope they do more with her than they have in the past. Because basically, I, I, again, having never read Fantastic Four, so this is probably coming from a place of ignorance, but I don't like that basically all she can do is disappear into the background and like make shields. I wish that she had a little bit more. Um, they have generally made her the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four lately. Okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I'm. I've been rereading '60s Marvel books, and I hate her. In, yeah. In the original Fantastic Four books, like her power was to just vanish. That was blend it. into the background and do nothing. Right. Yeah. But uh, she. Um, her force fields are very, very, very powerful and she oh, can do good. all kinds of things with them. It's almost, she can almost use them like Green Lantern uses his power. But she makes See? invisible things, yeah. That makes me feel a lot better about her character because I'm like, yeah. as the only like female in the group, I wanted her to be better than what she had been in the past. So I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like I read in a recent one in the middle of a battle where she like, either threatened to or did make one of her little invisible shields in the middle of someone's throat and cut off their ah! airway. That's awesome. Trying to choke them out. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I guess the end result is decent, but your mileage may vary. <laughs> Agreed. Yep. Um, it does, I do think... If you're following the MCU, I do think you have to watch this at some point because I think it's setting up. It, it's weird. It's um, we're we're back to phase one again in a lot of ways. A lot of the movies and TV shows that we're seeing is doing setup for stuff that's going to pay off down the road. Yep. Yeah. Kind of like like I'm not a big fan of Thor two, but Thor two ended up being a fairly important movie at the end of the run you know what i mean so right I, yeah. i'm curious what the big event movie they're going to do is like at, at the end of the day yeah i mean 10 years what, from now what is going to be the it? end game of this <laughs> this round of movies see and i was almost thinking i wonder if they're getting into um um what's the word i'm thinking of oversaturation at this point i know i, know I definitely think there's something to that like they're 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 getting I, I i thought about this before but now that they're starting to introduce more of the like the mystical and magical stuff which i like so i'm like yeah but now i'm wondering if they're starting to like and and just listening to movie bob try to explain how all these things are possibly interconnected and you know they're getting gods involved in different multiverses and it's starting to be really complicated. I'm wondering when you get to the point where the average viewer is going to be like, this is too effing confusing. I give up. And that's going to be the end of it. Now they have, they've been doing a really good job so far of explaining things, but I'm wondering how close they're getting to that edge. Good point. So far, a lot of the stuff, like Brent was saying, is introducing things. So it's like the mm -hmm. connections are still the, to to the established, you know, things. You know, so it's just characters we already know 
it'll be interesting the next round of movies like now that we're setting up a multiverse and all you know so like the you know ant-man in the quantum realm or whatever that's gonna be a weird one and then we and want to get to captain marvel that's the movie we're getting kang in yeah and then when we get to the the marvels and whatever comes after that could really you know it's gonna be on that edge of how much connection to what's been now with the new establishment or what new stuff is it bringing? And yeah, are we getting to that point where it's like, okay, so, you know, we had a celestial show up in Eternals and now Thor is going to have other gods and is, yeah, is it becoming too much? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're doing it in a way that the, Casual fan may get a little lost, but if you haven't, I don't think you, you know, nowadays you can't really walk into any Marvel movie without having seen at least some of the others. Yeah. Really. Like you yeah. can't walk, if you walked into Doctor Strange 2, having not seen any Marvel movies, you would be able to figure out what's going on, but you'd also be, there'd be a lot of questions. Because you wouldn't know when they make references to all the previous events, what they're talking about. Yeah, right. it would it would still plot wise, you'd still probably be able to follow it. You just wouldn't understand the deeper meaning because you don't have all the history. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if there's somebody out there who has not watched WandaVision, uh, but who has seen this movie, what their impressions were, like hmm. whether it was confusing or not. Yeah. Good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a thought, too, about uh, a line from Endgame. You know, um, Doctor Strange said that he had checked millions of multiver- m- millions of possible outcomes, mm. and there was only one in which they had defeated Thanos. Well, obviously, he was wrong if there was if there's still a, if, if every um, universe he goes to is post post Thanos blip. And uh, and they they also defeated him. Okay, but but he wasn't traveling the multiverse. He was just traveling time. So it was, uh, right, that's the time stone. So we're so talking we're, about branching timelines in a single universe, as opposed to, um, as opposed to multiversal things. Yeah, because in theory. If the multiverse didn't exist the way it is now until Loki, then that didn't happen until uh, until Endgame when they went back in time and that Loki escaped. So True. all the events that Doctor Strange were looking at wouldn't have been from the multiverse necessarily, just you know different options in that timeline that he lived in. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe. Does that makes sense. Wobbly, tiny one. Exactly. <laughs> Just like, how did Doctor Strange get out of the mirror dimension in No Way Home? Did was at and showed up at the Statue of Liberty. Did Ned open a portal to the mirror dimension that that's where he walked out of? I think so. Or was it someplace else? <laughs> And if he hadn't done that, would that mean that Doctor Strange would have been stuck in the mirror dimension like for forever until somebody else happened to come across him somewhere? 
Because remember, he lost his sling ring, which made me start to wonder when he lost it again in this movie, say, oh, he's going to reach into his pocket and pull out another one because he learned his lesson to start to carry more than one of those things. Yeah. Interesting. So that uh, brings us to the end of another episode. But before we go, a couple things. Uh, We would like to thank all the patrons that we have. You can find us at patreon.com slash true north nerds. The money is not making us rich, but it is helping keep the lights on. So you will be finding um, some written articles by me on there. And it's uh, it helps us out a lot. And so in that case, uh, thank you to Rhino Vision, Alex James, uh, Team Woods, who also set up our uh, website at truenorthnerds.com. As kind of a, a link portal. Uh, thank you very much for that. Mike Hammond, Gavin, and Rex. We we appreciate your support very, very much, folks. Uh, thank you for doing this. Thank, thank you. Yes, thank you so much. And uh, before we go, Geek Fix, who's got one? I, I do. do. Go ahead, Kev. <laughs> um, so... I've been homesick on my couch for the last few days, so I've been watching a lot of television, and um, just on Friday, a new, well, sort of new show was released onto Amazon Prime, and so I have been watching the new episodes of The Kids in the Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, ah. So this really is a return of the 90s sketch show. It is the five original members of the team, along with Bellini. He's still there, too. And uh, some of your favorite old characters are back, and they're 30 years older now than they were in the 90s. Uh, and they're I feel like because they're on streaming and not on any kind of network or broadcast, they can go farther than they ever have before. There's full frontal male nudity in the first episode. <laughs> it's played for laughs because it's Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley. Uh, but, uh, you know, if, if if that kind of uh, sort of edgy, um, edgy humor that uh, is not afraid to take shots at all kinds of things and um, holds up a mirror to our current crazy society is uh, in your in your vein, then I would recommend giving the new kids in the hall a look. Mm. I never doesn't really sound liked like it it's as a child, kid. but ah. <clears throat> well, I never really liked it when it first came out because I think I might have been too young or not mature enough or whatever. I'm not saying that I'm super mature now, but mm. I don't know. I'm wondering if maybe as an adult I would like it more. I might give it a shot. It's um, I, I I love Kids in the Hall, so I I've been kind of wanting to dip in, but um I haven't yet. They have uh, released all eight episodes at once, so you can binge the whole thing. I've watched three so far. Uh, the second episode was my favorite; it's the funniest. Uh, made me laugh out loud several times. There's um there's a great sketch about Zoom meetings that's quite funny. Um, uh, the third episode was more sad than funny it really hit me in the feels it was quite sad uh but uh um yeah uh you know it's it's these guys doing what they do best and it's still filmed and set in toronto so it's nice to sort of see the city as the city as well so it's good uh kids in the hall on amazon prime nice next 
Um, so my pick is, uh, it's a pick I've picked before, but it's a timely pick because the, there's new content coming. Uh, I'm going back to the well uh, and recommending, if you haven't watched it yet, watch Stranger Things. Mm. Uh, there are three seasons on Netflix currently, and before our next episode comes out, the first half of season four will be released. Uh, it comes out on the 27th. <clears throat> uh, which is also the day that we get uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that'll be something for us to look forward to next episode. But uh, yeah, no, I recommend Stranger Things. It's a great little, th- you know, thriller, kind of horror, horror-ish uh, series on Netflix. And uh, it's lots of fun. So, and a little scary. So go out there, watch, uh, you know, binge watch over the next couple of weeks to catch yourself all caught up again and uh, just in time for the new stuff. Jen. Um, so I don't know how many people who listen to this show are going to like my geek pick, but it's mine. So tough. Um, <laughs> recently I went to um, a yarn festival. Uh, I'm so excited now that uh, COVID restrictions have lifted up that a lot of these uh, local yarn festivals have started up again. They usually happen on weekends in the summer where local dyers and, and uh, star stores who sell, you know, yarn and knitting uh, related things get together. And it's like a big fest. Usually it's outside and there's tables and I spend a lot of money and it's super fun. But uh, I went with uh, this past weekend or last weekend. I don't really remember uh, with the friend Kim and I bought a book called Knit Happy with Self-Striping Yarn uh, by Stephanie Lotvin. Um, and so I don't know how many knitters are listening, but um, this book is super good. It's got uh, nice patterns for hats and scarves and mittens and, you know, just your basic stuff, cardigans for adults and children, uh, but all made with self-striping yarn. So for non-knitters, that's yarn that you don't have. To, it changes colors by itself, so you don't have to switch it's colors. And magic. then there's, then there's lots of ends to weave in and it's a pain in the butt. So you kind of want the, the pattern to keep going without having to do more extra work. Um, so I'm really happy. I bought this, this book. I actually thought that it was going to be the only thing I bought, but then of course I also bought yarn. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so yeah, if you're a knitter, um, I recommend that you check out knit happy with self-striping yarn. Um, and if you are a knitter and you don't have a Ravelry account, you should get one. And if you do have a Ravelry account, uh, look me up. I think I'm on there as Queen Azura. <laughs> hey, that's my geek pick. Support your local yarn store. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess that leaves me. Yep, that leaves you, Brent. It's just Go. you. Last but not least. So, um, well, geek pick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my geek pick for this week is the film Predator, starring Ooh. Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Carl Weathers, Jesse the Body Ventura, Bill Duke, Shane Black, and more. Um, it's an older movie, obviously. I, uh, I, after free comic book day, I caught a bug of something, and on Monday, I was down for the count <clears throat> and could not go to work, so I watched, uh, well... I uh, started and fell asleep watching most of the Predator series, except for the first one. I watched the whole thing, and it's while there is some unfortunate uh, language at the very start of the movie, 
Um, in terms of uh, would not fly now. On a whole, the movie still holds up as like an 80s action movie. It's it really gets kind of to the point of the matter and the the at the time semi twist of the the predator being hunting them when it's it starts off as your straightforward jungle action movie. It, it, it's a lot of fun. So if you haven't seen it before, uh, maybe you want to see it again. That's it for this week's episode. Uh, in two weeks, well, we'll have something. We always do. Obi Wan, Obi Wan, right? Obi Wan will probably be the big focus, I would imagine. But yeah. Uh, until then, uh, everybody, where can they find you? Let's start with Kevin. Well, um, I just recorded a new episode of Galaxy Class, so you can find us over there on the BQN. Uh, that is our new network for. Um, all of your fun Star Trek related content in BQN. Uh, we also just released a new episode of Stage Whispers, the local theater podcast. That's still going strong. Uh, so, yeah, we're having a good time uh, with those shows. So, you know, check those out if either Star Trek or local th- live theater are uh, things that are in your wheelhouse. Didn't I see something where you guys having a contest on there, too? On on Stage Whispers. Yes. Yes. We are giving away um we are giving away admission uh if you want to sign your kids up for uh Talk is Free Theaters theater camp this summer. We've been given uh we've been given one um one uh, admission for that. It's a $170 value. And uh so yeah, if you've got kids that would be interested in going to theater camp this summer, uh you know, check out Stage Whispers and um uh you can um uh, enter our contest it's very cool. cool that's a pretty good contest it's a pretty good prize yes mm-hmm. yeah. thank you to our friends at theater uh, talk is free theater for uh, for giving us that prize next i guess i'll jump in uh you can uh, find me on instagram at tales from collectiverse where uh, uh, ed campbell snowhawk cosplay and i post our uh, photos and videos of our toy collecting and um, then you can find us uh, here every third Thursday of the month with uh, an episode of Tales from the Collectiverse, where we uh, review new toy news, our purchases from the month, and uh, usually an interesting third topic. <clears throat> uh, last episode, Ed gave us uh, a little educational brief history uh, of uh, of G.I. Joe, of the uh, the action figure toy line. So, uh no idea what we're doing yet for this uh, coming episode, which will also come out this same week as this one. But uh, uh, tune in to find out. Yeah, already. My turn. Um, I guess that leaves me. Oh, my turn. Jen, oh yeah, Jen. Uh, Jen. Sorry. What's Jen got going on? Forgotten so soon. Um. <laughs> uh, well, you can uh, find me at uh, True North Nerds on Instagram. Um. We do have an Instagram account, and occasionally I remember to update it when we uh, release an episode. So there you go. <laughs> uh, you can also find me at uh, on Instagram at Dolls and Ponies. Uh, this is where I take pictures of my toy collections, uh, which is lots of dolls and ponies. Um, I recently completed all of the pictures of my Queen Amidala collection, which took uh, one, two, three, four, five, six seven days um wow and i grouped them all together oh actually nine <laughs> and i grouped them together because i have a lot of amidalas um 
so now I'm working on my um, Marvel fangirl dolls uh, that I bought back in 2018, um, which are very, very pretty. Uh, but I've, you know, I'm going to go buy another Barbie this afternoon. So the content will just keep on coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, follow me at Dolls and Ponies. Nice. And Brent. You can find me on Mixcloud under Black Donnelly Radio. The Dark Side just posted up an episode of All Covers not too long ago. Um, I'm it, Right now, it's semi-weekly, uh, depending on my workload at my day job. Um, which is at Big B Comics. Uh, feel free to come by and uh, buy some comic books. <laughs> Big B Comics, Barry. Barry. Um, beyond that, I've been doing this show and uh, writing some stuff for our Patreon. Uh, I need to write something else, but I haven't gotten on that yet. Um, it's, uh, something in the near future will pop up. I just mm. haven't decided what I'm going to be writing about. Um, sometimes it's about bad movies. Sometimes about comics. Um, not sure. Yeah. And uh, just also, you can tune in on Facebook every Tuesday night on the Big B Berry Comics uh, Facebook page where you will see uh, Brent and I uh, live as we discuss uh, the new comics that are coming into the store on Wednesday. That's exciting. And feel free to heckle them. Uh, no. <laughs> Be nice. Yes, <laughs> nice heckling. Alrighty, so, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what an anti-climax to get Oh yeah, let's wrap episode. this one up and go home, kids. Did you See forget you how to end the podcast? Ah, there was a brief blip in there yet. <laughs> Tune in to two weeks for. for another fun episode. Thank you for listening and uh, uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the True North Nerds. You can find us at truenorthnerds.com or on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at True North Nerds. To contact one or any of the nerds, you can email them at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. Theme music provided by Kirby Crackle. You can find more of their music at kirbycracklemusic.com. If you like this show, please go to your podcast app of choice and rate and review us. It's the way